Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 86 Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all day long. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving abounding in steadfast love to all who call on you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my cry of supplication. In the day of my trouble I call on you, for you will answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and bow down before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart to revere your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, the insolent rise up against me. A band of ruffians seeks my life, and they do not set set you before them. But you, O Lord, are God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the world of your save the child of your serving girl. Show me a sign of your favor so that those who hate me may see it and be put to shame. Because you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 through 14. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bore him no children. She had an Egyptian slave girl whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, You see that the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my slave girl. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her slave girl, and gave her to her husband Abram as a wife. He went into Hagar, and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my slave girl to your embrace, and when she saw that the Lord had conceived, that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Your slave girl is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she ran away from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave girl of Sarai, where have you come from, and where are you going? She said, I am running away from my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, 
I will so greatly multiply your offspring that they cannot be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Now you have conceived and shall bear a son. You shall call him Ishmael, for the Lord has given heed to your affliction. He shall be a wild ass of a man, with his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. And he shall live at odds with all his kin. So she named the Lord who spoke to her, You are Elo Roy. For she said, Have I really seen God and remained alive after seeing him? Therefore, the well was called Bir Lahai Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. People were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they sternly ordered them not to do it. But Jesus called for them and said, Let the children come to me, and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. Good morning, and welcome to the second Wednesday after Epiphany. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. This morning's readings come from Psalm 86, Genesis 16, and Luke 18. Uh, and the, uh, the theme of children is pretty present. I did notice, um, or I, I, I found myself questioning when the angel of the Lord visits Hagar in the wilderness, you know, it's sometimes the angel of the Lord really is just an angel, and sometimes the angel of the Lord is essentially God or the voice of God, and it's basically one and the same. And it, I, I wondered, like, did did an angel make a promise to Hagar that God, you know, maybe didn't rubber stamp? Um, because the angel says to her, I'll greatly multiply your offspring so they can't be counted, which is damn near the same promise that God makes to Abraham. Um, and on the one hand, it's, you know, it's almost, it's like, it's kind of upholding the bargain, right? Because Ishmael is Abraham's, Abram's son, firstborn son. Uh, Isaac is the youngest of the two. And, uh, it, it yeah it just it struck me that um you know how promises work um you know i don't know if it's an angel or the angel of the lord and but it it got me thinking about the the way that promises work um that god didn't say well you know i'm going to make only you and sarai's uh descendants multitudinous it's i'm going to make your descendants as he speaks to abraham um, and so the, that that promise um, passes through Hagar because he took her as a wife, um, and it eventually goes. Uh, you know, then we return to the story with Sarai and Isaac, and then in this very brief passage from Luke, we get this what has got to be the most overused or or like just stupefied or like dumbed down uh, passage, I think, and that's, you know, suffer the little children, let the little children come to me, um, and don't stop them. It's, it, the way it's been used is just weird. Um, it, yeah, I don't know, I just feel like that's, 
just an odd passage. Um, but in context, just one line before it, it's that it makes it clear like the disciples thought that Jesus might be bothered by all these kids, um, you know, these you know celebrities and big influential people um, like, oh, you know, kids are such a headache. You know, don't, don't bother them with kids. Um, but Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Like, like this is, uh, these children are the, you know, the closest thing you can get to what a disciple might look like. And it's probably something like this, you know, it's, it's entering the world and, and living in the world devoid of, you know, the, the, all these insecurities and concerns that we develop over time. Kids don't have that. They're innocent. And when when I say innocent, I mean like they have no idea what evil is. They have no idea what death is. Um, And when we learn about what sin and evil and death are like um, and what they are, our world kind of changes. We start worrying about like, you know, will some somebody do evil to me? Will will I become evil? You know, um, will I have enough? What I have to do to get enough, and then make sure that I never lose any? And all these, you know, calculations that we make as adults, kids don't have that. Uh, they're just happy to to love and be loved, um, and they get all these, you know, um, uh deep emotions and like they just kind of let themselves be who they are um and i've caught some flack from various people um for what i think about uh, the military and like children or families in particular on the one hand the morality of war is like yeah i mean that's it's talked about it's kind of uh overdone beating a dead horse like that's yeah okay violence against other people. Um, but I, I think that not enough is is really talked about in the church. Um, the, or I guess maybe a simple way to say it is, um, I have, when I think about it, I have far less problem morally, ethically, with, you know, the, the idea of violence than I do with the idea of deploying for 12, 15 months, um, or I should say, well, deployments, ripping families apart for the sake of service to our nation. I have, I have more like qualms about what that does to children and families than I do about like the, the morality of violence. And maybe that's because we don't talk about it very much. Um, but if you think about like fathers and mothers, you know, don't get to get to know their their children and children don't know their their parents or they see them in spurts. And I thought, you know, like World War II where there's a war, everybody goes and they stay gone until it's done. But now in the forever wars, like there you could you could lose your your father or mother for twelve to fifteen months every other year. You could. I mean, I, I I'm conf- I know there's people with double digit uh, numbers of of deployments, and those people very often have families, and like that, I think is if it's more egregious, it's because we don't talk about it and we ignore the problem. Um, because violence has been going on forever, like, and I don't think all violence is wrong. Uh, I think a, a 
doctor, cutting someone open is violent, but you have to do something in order to achieve a greater good. Um, I think that the combat arms specialties are much more important to talk about than the rest of the, the, the military specialties, but we don't have that kind of depth of conversation. Similarly, like what military do- service does to children, like military brats, and I don't like that term, but like I don't know where the shorthand we have, um, that I think is, is not talked about enough. And that to me, when I thought, when um, once I became a father, um, I, I thought about, you know, if I were still on active duty, I would be much more torn up um, morally and ethically by the fact that, you know, children would be without a parent um, for at least a year um, into perpetuity, you know, how long, you know, until I were to get out or someone were to get out. Like that bothered me much more than thinking about would I have to kill someone else who's doing something wrong because that's just kind of the equation that, that we have to work with in the modern world. Like that, it just, there's no question. Um, and children are, because children are innocent, um, I think we have a greater responsibility not to protect them from the world, um, but to make sure they understand without, quote-unquote, losing that innocence. And when I say losing that innocence, I mean coming face-to-face with the fact that evil exists and the weight of evil in our world. Um, We all have to come to terms with that. Uh, But it can be shocked into us by the death of a loved one or the absence of a parent. Um, And it can be, you know, immediate, you know, like a death in the family, or it can be like over time where, you know, the evil that that you might believe exists because daddy or mommy leaves you for months and months and months and you only get to talk to them on the computer. Like I think we have a responsibility not to keep evil from them or to, or to keep them from suffering, but to contextualize it so that they understand it without becoming, you know, cynics or nihilists or something like evil does happen. Um, but that concept, um, is something that children don't understand. And when you don't understand it, it doesn't limit you. When you aren't aware of what your actions or what other actions might cause, you're much more open and free to the world. You're, you're much more secure because you're not afraid of losing the things um, that, you, that you think belong to you. Um, and so that's what I think Jesus means in terms of like entering the kingdom of God as, as a little child. It's letting go forgetting and undoing all these insecurities and all these fears and doubts and and the fretting that we do around um you know uh, around our in our daily life they keep us from being fully human and being fully present with with one another and with god a prayer for the care of children from the book of common prayer Almighty God, Heavenly Father, you have blessed us with the joy and care of children. Give us calm strength and patient wisdom as we bring them up, that we may teach them to love whatever is just and true and good, following the example of our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.
Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.